0: Who knew that diapers have an economic impact that can affect health, employment, and stable housing? One person who knows for sure is Kaylin Webster, program manager for Marisol Family, who will share how her team helps thousands of families with millions, yes, millions, of diapers and more on this episode of Making Our World Better. Welcome to the Making Our World Better podcast where you will find motivation and encouragement through lively conversations with inspirational people who every day are making our world a better place. Now, here's your host, Jay Clark. Welcome to the podcast. I am Jay Clark, and I am excited to talk with Caitlin Webster, Program Director for Marisol Family, an outreach program of Catholic Charities in Denver that serves single parents and families with young children. Marisol family is a small team with a big job. Kaylin is proud to lead and collaborate with outside of work. She's currently pursuing her master's in clinical mental health counseling. Awesome. And hopes to apply these new skills to her work in serving the community. In the little downtime she has left between work and school, hobbies include art, polymer clay modeling, sampling all the coffee she can, knowing all the cool caffeine spots in Denver, as well as connecting with family and friends. Kaylin is bilingual in English and Spanish and greatly values the enrichment this brings to her life and work, which is super important with the clients that she deals with. She believes in the power of encounter and love that and that getting to know one another's diverse cultural and life backgrounds is the key to making this world a better place, which makes her a perfect guest for the Making Our World Better podcast. Kaylin, thanks so much for being here today.
1: That's great. I didn't realize that phrase was actually the name of your podcast. So that's awesome. It
0: It is awesome. (laughs) Perfect match. So let's start simple and just kind of introduce us to Marisol Family and your mission.
1: Yeah, thanks. So Marisol Family is um, a pretty simple ministry that provides material assistance and family education. So what that looks like is providing diapers, wipes, clothing, um, baby items to families with young children. So we usually serve like up through age five um, with most of the families coming for our services. We do have some programs that encompass the whole family, including the older kids, like Thanksgiving and Christmas. We run some special programming as well as back to school programming in the summer um, that really kind of incorporates everyone. Um, but the focus is on those families with younger children. Um, for us, that can look like um, single moms, single dads, uh, foster families with foster kids, grandparents that are raising their children, which is an mm-hmm. interesting population. So wow. grandparents that are raising their grandchildren because the parents are unable to for any reason um, or who you know greatly help out with that effort so so it's a pretty um diverse population that we serve we are all over the state of colorado so we have 10 locations um in six different counties so um yeah so probably our furthest away location is an eagle on the western slope and then um closest to home for me would be the the denver uh, four Denver locations that we have so and pretty much everything in between there so it's it's a big um covers a lot of a lot of area and that yeah in addition to that we have a a new program we just started in 2021 where we have a mobile um mobile events. So we go to the, right now they're just diapers, but the dream is to really add other resources to those events as well. But we go to out into the community, usually partner with like a church or a food bank or some other community partner and just kind of set up in the parking lot and provide resources to people that might not be able to access some of the other locations. So it's it's pretty spread out.
0: No doubt. And it sounds like you're doing a really good job of meeting people where they are. So That's you've been so with the organization. Yeah, you've been with the organization now, I guess, for almost six years. So tell me a little bit about the history of this program and how you've seen it evolve over the years that you've been here.
1: Yeah. So the program has actually been around longer than me. So mm-hmm. um so it actually started about uh, 10 years ago. And was just based in a in a church, and then um, came under Catholic Charities in 2012, and really grew from there. So I think that the biggest changes I've seen um, in my time in the six years that I've been here is just the increase in need. Yeah. um You know, for for example, you know, our biggest location, um, we hit a new record on Wednesday and seeing 188. Wow families in, wow. in one morning. So and that's just the number of families so that's about two children per family um at least so that's that's a lot of of children served. Yeah. and So when I first started it wasn't like that. It was more, you know, 30 to fam- 40 families coming in at each location each time mm-hmm. we're open. And so I think that the the growth in need has been huge. And so just Um, impact that's had on our operations, trying to keep up with that and still maintain that relational aspect has been challenging. So,
0: well, and it might, not sound like a big thing, but one of the things I've learned, and full disclosure, Kaylin is a great colleague who I've been lucky enough to work with, but one of the things I've learned through Marisol Family is the profound impact of diapers. That might not, that might sound kind of silly, but it was fascinating to learn that diapers can really have an economic impact. So I'd love for (laughs) you to, to talk about that.
1: Yes. So that's probably one of the biggest needs that we're known for um, meeting in the community. So uh, over the last um, fiscal year, so July to like July of 2022 through June of 2023, we distributed two million diapers. Two across- million. Yes.
0: Oh, my <laughs> gosh. OK.
1: So And it's a really big need for families because those those costs are going up. And when you think about like. The fact that it costs about a hundred dollars per baby to keep a baby in diapers, and you know, if you weren't like that baby wasn't planned or expected, mm-hmm. or if you have twins, that's like a car payment right there.
0: <laughs> right, like a hundred dollars a month.
1: Yeah, yeah, just for the diapers. Just for twins, diapers. Obviously, that's going to be two hundred. So right, just um a really massive cost, and I think people don't realize like the impact of providing that. Um, we know through the national diaper bank that we're a member of that, um, it's actually more impactful to mom's mental health to be without sufficient diapers, even than sufficient food, because it's such a health risk to babies. And what a lot of people don't know is that a lot of people say, well, can't they just use cloth diapers? And what many people don't know is that if you live in an apartment complex or, um, or a rental you like if you're renting unless you own your home you can't really wash diapers and laundry machines because it's not allowed so laundry mm. laundromats and apartment complexes don't let you wash diapers in there um for obvious reasons so yeah, um so it just so and then if your child is in childcare. They have to have disposable diapers. Right. And so if you can't, if you don't have disposable diapers, you can't bring your child to child care and then you can't work. And that just becomes a cycle of poverty. Right. And so, like, it's it's really interesting because due to how important they are and how impactful it is, um, the National Diaper Bank statistic is that one in three households experience diaper need regardless of demographic. So that doesn't matter. One in matter. three. Yeah, like any household, any neighborhood. Um, so because of the unanticipated nature sometimes of having another child or not realizing like how expensive just yeah. diapers alone wow. can be. And so um, so we're a program that doesn't have income requirements for that reason. Um, we help everyone uh, regardless. So it's, yeah, it's very impactful. And we've heard lots of stories about how the diapers we're providing to one family allows them to set aside that extra 100 to 200 a month for food and rent and keeps them self-sufficient. And so I think that it's much more important than people realize.
0: No kidding. It's the old, it's the, it's the line, you know, people are one small, you know, thing away from you know, homelessness or something really bad (laughs) happening. And Mm -hmm. diapers can keep them on the right side of that. So when you talk about giving away not 1000s, but millions of diapers, it's just amazing to think about that, that that blows me away. And it's, and that level of need, you know, how on earth are you securing that many and finding a way to meet that need of millions of diapers?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So um, we have a dedicated committee of volunteers called the Bottom Line Diaper Bank, pun fully intended. I love it. (laughs) And they do a lot of outreach work for us in the community. So it is primarily in the past been um, private donors. So people that run diaper drives for us or contribute monetarily online. Um, that have supported us in the past. And then in 2021, we were able to get a, a big grant from the state of Colorado uh, funding diaper need. Huh? So it was part of a COVID relief package for the state. And so we're you know in the final year of that grant now. So, so it's a combination of things, but really we rely on the community support um, to keep all of those diapers coming in and going out to families.
0: That is a lot. And it was it was eye-opening. This is something I learned um, you know, from the food bank that if how far they can stretch a dollar. So if I went and bought a box of Campbell soup and brought it to the food bank, the money I spent on that, they could take that and probably turn it into five times as much soup as if I went and bought it to the store. You guys are very similar, right? Because of your connections with the National Diaper Bank and some of your other connections. You know, you can stretch a dollar a lot further than I can. So if I'm going to donate cash is better correct
1: yes so um so actually yes that is true so we have um through the national diaper bank we are able to purchase diapers in bulk at a discount and so we're able to get the diapers for 15 cents a diaper um on average. So it's a little bit different per size, but it's average of 15 mm-hmm. cents a diaper overall. And that is in comparison to like at a retail value, it would be 23 to 25 cents a diaper, like wow. at a minimum, sometimes more expensive than that. So um all of that adds up. So yes, we can because we're a nonprofit we can make the dollar go further so we especially value monetary donations um and some of those go to you know maintaining our warehouse and our truck that gets the diapers out to the community Mm -hmm. so we um so probably monetary is the best way to help us however you know sometimes schools um like to do diaper drives so that the kids can like physically see what they're getting and the impact that they're making and do like physical diaper drive. Um, We appreciate that too, because with our bulk vendors, sometimes we do run into supply chain issues. And so, especially in the holiday months, November and December, It's really great to have those like gift in kind or physical donations as well, because that can kind of tie us over until the next shipment comes in. Because with a bulk order like that, you can't just be like, oh, I need six boxes now, like or six (laughs) pallets just to tie me over. Um, You have to like order the whole truck at one time and hope that it comes before you run out. (laughs) So so we appreciate both. But it's true that we can make a dollar go the furthest.
0: Yeah. Um, well, and I love that you mentioned your truck. they've got this wonderful truck called miles the the diaper truck um, that you may have seen around the community. but talk a little bit about miles and the outreach that you're able to do with and and some of the numbers are are again staggering
1: yeah so um, so Miles is our, kind of become like our team mascot. So uh, yeah, my team actually joked with me one time that he's my favorite member of the team and they can't compete. <laughs> 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 so, but yeah, the marketing team named him that as kind of like a play on words because he does travel a lot of miles. So. Yeah. Um and and to us it is you know it is a diaper truck but it represents more than that because yeah. we also do referrals to other community resources from the truck so mm. i like to say that miles is catholic charities on wheels so oh, I love it we have a referral rack that we like take out and hang up with information for all the different um outreaches of catholic charities as well as external partners like food banks and stuff like that and then hopefully over time as the program grows, the dream is to partner with like you know, food bank of the Rockies or, or someone to have like food available or other resources there as well. Um, my initial vision was thinking I had to have uh, a whole fleet of miles <laughs> to accomplish yeah. this, but I'm learning right. that it's actually better to to network and find community partners that really specialize in the different resources that they can provide and sort of bring them all together. So that's what we're working on. But yeah, for right now, it, it is primarily diaper program. So. And
0: how many miles will the miles truck drive in a year?
1: Oh gosh, yeah, I um, I don't know. I should know that, but um, to kind of give you an idea, we have 20 mobile events per month. Per, and month. per month, yes. Oh, mackerel! Kind of, more than
0: 200 and some a year.
1: Yes, and wow. and that's just the mobile events. That doesn't count the deliveries. So right. Oh we my gosh. to all the ministries of Catholic charities. Um, so we provide diapers to all the other ministries as well, and then we have uh, several community partners that we deliver to, as well as the ten locations. So you Dang. can imagine like how big of a trek that is. So the twenty wow. events span from like Denver up to like Eastern Buyers Eastern Plains is probably our furthest mobile event, and then you know with the location deliveries that can be all the way up to like Dillon um, or Fort Collins. So. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that definitely adds up.
0: Well, and I know, you know, you guys are a small but mighty team, but one of the keys to making it work when you start talking about mobile events all over and 10 locations and six counties and volunteers, you know, are the backbone of what you do. So talk a little bit about recruiting volunteers, how the challenge is there and, and some of the, you know, great stories of people who are so giving of their time uh, to help others through this, this volunteering with you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, our program does not function without volunteers. They are the know. heart of our ministry, the heart and the hands. So that we have, when we're fully staffed on volunteers, we have around 180 to 200 volunteers. Wow that number has been down since COVID. So we're only at about 95 right now. So the mm. need is great. And I think the biggest challenge is just, you know, recruiting and sustaining that number because, you know, just during the, the, the pandemic, like with you know, all the concern around I mean, safety and all of that, um, you know, many of our volunteers had to stay at home. And so we went from 180 to five overnight. Wow. And so we were only able to keep three of the locations open um, through, you know, the majority of 2020. And so volunteers are very important. We could not do even half of what we do without them. And we're very blessed to have volunteers that have been with the program longer than I have. You know, eight, 10 years even have been consistently coming every week or sometimes twice a week um, to help at the location near them. So I think it's just like the challenges is just finding those like priceless individuals that have that heart and that commitment, because we do prefer a regular commitment from People who want to volunteer with us because they are front line and serving families. Right. They do build relationships with the people that they serve, and so we can make a, a much bigger difference when we're consistent and we are able to build relationships. And so, but there's volunteer opportunities for everyone at Marisol Family. There's um, every skill set is welcome. So we have our volunteers that serve on the front line. We call them our family service volunteers. And they interact with the families directly and, you know, do referrals, um, distribute materials, like the diapers. But we also have people who are very important that work behind the scenes, um, including the bottom line diaper bank committee that is all volunteer, but also like our data collection team that keeps our grant funding coming in. Like that is a volunteer team as well, um, because, you know, with just six or seven staff, you couldn't keep up with that. So, so we have a team of six to 10 individuals that help with that um, data entry and then, you know, stocking diapers, sorting clothes, there's something for everyone to do. So, um, so if anyone's listening and they want to get involved, they can go to our website, uh, MarisolFamily.org. It's really simple. And we would definitely find a spot for you, I'm sure.
0: (laughs) Well, and I one of the things I love that you're talking about is I know sometimes asking for help is difficult, um but when you have that level of consistency with volunteers and staff and everything, you do create those relationships and to the point where people do feel a lot more comfortable is, yeah, is absolutely. That a huge benefit of of your volunteers
1: yes so so the other piece that's important to our program is our family education piece, which I didn't speak about as much earlier. But when people come in, you know, material need, so we have like in psychology, we call it Maslow's hierarchy of needs. So you like you have your basic needs at the bottom. It's like pyramid pyramid at the bottom. You have like your basic needs, like food, shelter, clothing, things like that. And at the top, you have needs like emotional well-being and education and those like higher level needs. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times, like what people are not, I think, as cognizant of is that those basic level have to be met before you can begin educating someone right. like what as what we call it the next best step for them and their families and volunteers like being there week after week distributing the material assistance is what builds that trust so that when you meet people in their most material need or basic need in a consistent way mm-hmm. then they're much more open to what you might have to say about oh, we have this parenting class or this English class or something like that, that we think would be really helpful to you and your family. Well, if you haven't been the one that's like consistently there, it's harder for people to see how that you understand them and that, you know, this is going to be something good for them. And so that's why the consistency is so important.
0: Yeah. Well, this work certainly is not for the faint of heart. Uh, So what, what drew you to it and what keeps you energized?
1: Oh gosh. Yeah. That's just the long story. I guess I've like always been um, interested in serving others. It was part of my family growing up. Um, Yeah. It's, I guess it's just like always having that sense that like, the more you have in life, the more you should share with others and, you know, being raised that way. And then growing up and finding my own like gifts and talents and ways to participate in that. And as to what keeps me going, like that's, that's hard. Cause like burnout and compassion fatigue right. are real, are real things. For sure. And so it's really just having, I think like knowing, you know, some, uh, some of those self-care things that are important to you. And so for me, it's like, you know, prayer and spirituality and journaling, um, time with family and friends and like, you know, having a supportive team that we can all go through it together because I think that burnout happens a lot more in isolation. So if you have a strong team and you're all working together, you know, the volunteers and the staff, Mm -hmm. and you're just sharing that, you know, both the ups and downs, and then really honing in on, the great things that happen. So we see a lot of sad um, and traumatic things in a day. But when that one thing comes along that we're able to really make a difference in someone's life or where we connect a family with a resource and it really goes well and works out, um, we celebrate that. And I think it's like being really intentional to celebrate those things keeps us going when, you know, there's just that one family we can't help because there's no resources that they qualify for, or like so many other obstacles you run into trying to help people.
0: I love that as a student of leadership to hear that's such so important, celebrate your wins, you know, Mm -hmm. connect with your team and and you can weather the ups and downs. Um, Great, great leadership lessons. I hope everybody is getting from this. So what is a big audacious goal or goals that you have for Mirasol family?
1: Oh my gosh. Like, yeah, i am always like dreaming. My dreams and visions are always bigger than what is practical probably, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, what I would love to see is just like um, like we were talking about before is building on the miles program um, and really making that like those events to be almost like one-stop shop slash festivals for families. Uh. Where there's multiple trucks and community resources there. I think that it would be really great to, you know, be able to add case managers and counselors to my team, which obviously that's very expensive. But if you were to ask me like my pie in the sky, if money's no object like dream, it would be great to do that because we serve thousands of families a year and to be able to have people to be able to help more. Like our volunteers can provide, um, you know, the resource referrals, but to have people for kind of those more complex cases where people need more support, like to get into programs that they need. It would be really wonderful to have that. Um, not just at our locations, but even traveling with the truck. Um, a colleague of mine who worked at another Catholic charities in another state so that they would do that and like have like counseling on site. So they would, you know, just rent space for the day at a church or a library or wherever. And they could um, meet people right where they were in their community without having to invest in a big building or anything. And the counselor would travel with their material assistance truck. And so those are the two things I would like to do. One of those is probably more feasible than the other, but...
0: big <laughs> <laughs> big. I love yeah. it. So what is it that gives you hope for the future?
1: I think just seeing... Like, again, that power of encounter. So seeing what happens when um, when people from completely different backgrounds meet each other. So, you know, it changes lives, not just in the families we serve, but in ourselves. Yep. Like it's a privilege to serve them. Yep. And really like serving so many different people from diverse backgrounds and experiences. It really like keeps in check those biases that we can all have um, or stereotypes even that we all have Mm -hmm. about different cultures or communities like there's nothing more powerful than knowing a person um, that teaches you what is not true about those things so I think that that's the most hopeful thing is watching that like you know with myself and with my team just every day being changed by those encounters with people, not only that making a difference in their lives, but they're really making a difference in ours too. And I think that that is something that gets lost when we talk about serving others is the mutual gift that's there. Totally. Um, so it's, you know, it's not just helpers helping, it's also like people receiving, um, really teaching us as well.
0: I love all that and that's my new favorite term is the power of encounter. I th- I think that's <laughs> fabulous. So yeah, we'll it's... wind down here a little bit and I have a feeling I know the answer will be some textbook. But what is something that you will read, listen to or watch today?
1: Oh gosh. Um huh. Yeah, I I think it is a textbook <laughs> for sure. I I have homework to do. Um I'm reading a book right now about Um, family, I think it's called, um, like just family dynamics and family stressors. So, which is really relevant to my job. So just looking at how family communication and opportunity changes when there's different like contextual variables, we call them in life, like poverty and things, marginalization, things like that.
0: Awesome. Who has been a role model for you in your work and in making the world better?
1: Oh, wow. Um, Well, I guess like there's definitely a lot of people that have inspired me and helped me along the way. But one of the people that comes to mind is our um, parish and community and volunteer director at Catholic Charities. His name is Mark. And he's just like amazing person because how he like gets so much done, I, I don't really know, but he just has a really serving heart. And so um, He always finds a way to say yes, no matter how busy he already is or how many needs he's already serving. And so that inspires me. And I want to be like that. <laughs> I'm not always able to be like that. <laughs> that is a definitely great role is model. something to aspire to. So.
0: Yeah. So outside of Marisol Family, is there another organization that you really admire the work they're doing or or want to give a shout out to?
1: Yeah, I think that uh, there's this center that we refer people to um, expectant mothers to frequently. It's called MotherWise and they provide like lots of wraparound resources for um, new moms. And I think that's so important. So they have postpartum support groups and um, different different things like that to really walk with moms through the whole journey, like after having the baby and beforehand and so we refer people to them a lot.
0: Lastly, and maybe most importantly, if somebody does want to volunteer, if they want to support, provide diapers, provide cash, all, all the things that you need, what's the best way for them to, to make contact?
1: Yes, so, so we have two, um, two websites. So if they want to donate, it's pretty simple. It's ccdenver.org slash diaper. <laughs> and if they go on there, they Simple. can make a monetary donation um, to, to, um, to our work that keeps all the diapers going. And then if they'd like to volunteer, it's MarisolFamily.org. And there's a little volunteer form that they can fill out. So they can just put in their contact information and um, just, you know, quick uh, one or two sentences about what they would be most interested in doing with us. And we will reach out to them.
0: Awesome, fantastic! Well, Kaylin, keep up the great work. This has been a powerful encounter for me, um, and I'll I'll be rooting for you.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Thanks for listening, and thanks to Kaylin for her drive to make the world better through Marisol Family. This podcast has been brought to you by JC Charity Services. Running a nonprofit is hard, and I'd love to help you thrive. You can find me at MakingOurWorldBetter dot com to learn how you can support or volunteer for Marisol Family visit MarisolFamily.org or CCDenver.org backslash diaper. If you enjoyed this podcast, I'd be grateful if you'd share it with a friend. Until next time, I hope you're inspired to find a way to make our world better.